For the final time as a group of five teams, the Cincinnati Bearcats will take on a Power 5 team tomorrow. And one thing you can count on is a ruckus Nippert Stadium crowd. Hi again, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Bearcats on a Friday. My name is Alex Frank, your host each and every day. Thank you for making us your first listen of every day. We're free and available everywhere you get your podcast and on YouTube. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button. Follow us, too, to get an alert every time we drop a new episode. The Bearcats and the Indiana Hoosiers set to do battle tomorrow at Cincinnati's Nippert Stadium. 3.30 kick on ESPN2. You can hear the game live locally on 700 WLW and 1027 WEBN. One thing you can count on also hearing is the crowd tomorrow at Nippert Stadium. Luke Fickle talked about it earlier this week. Josh Wiley, Jawan Briggs talked about this as well. The crowd tomorrow afternoon at Nippert Stadium is going to be electric. It's going to be sold out. It's going to be in full throat. It's going to be full force. It's going to be uh, rowdy. It's going to be a hostile environment for Indiana. This is what makes Cincinnati such a great place to play. You heard Wilson Huber or Will Huber talk about it on the Luke Fickle radio show Tuesday night. Luke Fickle talked about it at his press conference earlier this week. He's talked about it other times before throughout his tenure here as head coach at Cincinnati. The crowd in Nippert Stadium plays a large role in these games. You know, there's nothing like a sold-out crowd at Nippert Stadium. And you have the defense playing well. They're getting sky high. The offense is hitting big plays, whether it's a big run or a big pass down the field. When the Nippert Stadium crowd gets going, it is very difficult for the opposition to communicate. It is very difficult for the opposition to do much of anything, and we've seen that over the years. There's a reason why Cincinnati's won 28 straight games at home. They are very, very good at home. Very good at home. Um, They have beaten really good teams. They've beaten Power 5 teams. They've won championship games. And what's interesting to me is, you know, They won seven games in 2020 where there weren't any fans in the stands or the fans that were were immediate immediate family members of the players and the marching band. Like, there wasn't a ruckus. There wasn't, you know, an expanded number of fans or raised capacity like there was for the championship game that year. And yet they still were able to keep their home streak alive. That is because when you play at Nippert Stadium and the historicness and the history of it, the mystique, the aesthetics, the atmosphere is unlike any other. Mo Egger calls Nippert Stadium his favorite sports venue in Cincinnati for a reason. It's right in the middle of campus. It's uniquely designed and is an incredible place to watch a college football game. And you will see that tomorrow on ESPN2. You'll hear it if you're listening to the game on your car or truck radio. You're going to hear why the crowd is going to be such a big factor tomorrow. And here's why. So I was at this game last year in Bloomington. I was at this game. And I remember walking to the game from where we parked, that was a terrible, terrible experience trying to find a place to park. I remember walking to the game, walking to uh, Memorial Stadium in Indiana, 
And I'm seeing all these Bearcat fans with their tailgates. I'm seeing um, so many Bearcat fans in the stands. You know, even driving to Bloomington. Which the drive to Bloomington is not that bad. It's about three hours. Like, I remember as we're making our way there, how many fans from Cincinnati were making the trip? And then you see a whole corner, end zone corner, 3,000 Bearcat fans. The number of fans who made the trip of the game, it's not just because it was close proximity. It's because of how good the Bearcats football program is, the excitement that was surrounding last year, knowing that this was one of the marquee games, you know, third game of the season, and already it's do or die in terms of if this season's going to result in what we think it was going to be, which was the college football playoff. And ultimately it did. But to see the number of fans who made the trip to that to that game and you thought it had an impact on the game. Because if you listen if you listen back to that game, if you listen to Dave Pash and um who was his color analyst? Oh, um don't tell me I think it was uh I'll think of it in a minute. Um if you listen to the ESPN broadcast of that game, you heard the Bearcat faithful there. And the Bearcats, that game last year, you know, Notre Dame was the culmination win. Indiana was, okay, what this program has been doing for years under Luke Fickle was shown today. The building of the program. The building of the program to where they could compete with a Big Ten school like Indiana. Because let's be honest, if you remember that game last year, Indiana was bullying Cincinnati up front. They were bullying the Bearcats' offensive line, which was a very good offensive line. Two sacks, five tackles for loss, and I think all those came in the first half. I mean, the Bearcats' offense couldn't get anything going. Desmond Ritter struggled. Um, He threw an interception, lost a fumble. Defensively, Cincinnati couldn't get any pressure on then-Indiana quarterback Michael Penix Jr., and the next thing you know, it's 14 to nothing. And Cincinnati, number eight in the country, looked like they were the unranked team. Indiana was unranked coming into that game. They had lost their first game to um, Iowa. They were number 17 in the AP in the AP top 25. They lost to Iowa, beat Idaho, and now they get Cincinnati. In Indiana, that the crowd was into it. It was hot. The offense wasn't getting anything going until a targeting penalty on then-Indiana linebacker Michael McFadden. And someone pointed this out to me yesterday. Someone told me yesterday, he goes, you know, that was the real turning point in the game. And you know what? They're right. That was the one defensive player that you had to keep your eye on. And as soon as he was ejected from the game, and the targeting call was questionable, because it was going to be fourth down and near midfield for Cincinnati. They were going to have to punt down 14 nothing. Instead, the drive remained alive. They go down, and the Bearcats go down and get a touchdown. Then they get an interception. Field goal, it's 14 to 10, as opposed to maybe 17 or 21 to nothing. That's how crucial of a turning point that play was by um, Michael McFadden targeting. But Luke Fickle called those first 28 minutes the worst 28 minutes of football they played all season, and rightfully so. I mean, they struggled to get anything going. Passing, running, they couldn't pressure Michael Penix Jr. I mean, Indiana was moving the ball up and down the field. 
against that Bearcats defense. And you were and you were thinking seriously that this season was going to be over in terms of where you wanted it to go in just the third game of the season, but instead it wasn't. But the reason why the crowd will be a factor tomorrow is Indiana, no. Indiana, Luke Fickle said this. If Indiana's smart, they have this game circled on their calendar. Okay? They have this game circled on their calendar. Cincinnati has to make life miserable for them tomorrow. This Indiana team is better. They're healthier. They've won more games than last year. But this is their first road game of the season. They've only played one conference game, and their other two games were Idaho, who's an FCS school, and Western Kentucky, who they should have lost to. I don't care. So that right there, Indiana's first road game is at Cincinnati, not the most desirable place to play. I don't care. They might be thinking, well, it's not conference. It's group of five. Cincinnati beat them by 14 in Bloomington last year. If Indiana has any mindset of revenge, which they should, this is the game for them to, this is it. But Cincinnati has to make it miserable. Complete the home-and-home sweep. Your final non-conference game is a group of five member, and it feels like you're already a member of the Power Five. Because you played with Indiana, because you played Indiana last year and won. Because you went up to Notre Dame and won. Because you um, have gone toe-to-toe with Georgia and Alabama. And that's why this crowd, it's not your average group of five school crowd. It's why UCF's going to the Big 12. It's why Houston and BYU are going to the Big 12. Cincinnati has been a group of five program the last four years playing as a power five team, if you think about it. Because they are undefeated at home over the last four plus years. They have a really talented roster once again. They're strong up front. They have a deep receiving core. They've had great quarterback play. They've had great recruiting. They have a really good head coach who has 50 wins, who has, you know, four, I would say 50% of the time, done well in marquee games. They haven't beaten, you know, Georgia and Alabama yet, but they certainly have won their fair share of marquee games, you know, and this program still has a lot left to accomplish. But this crowd knows how good this team is. It's Indiana's first road game. And it feels like the Bearcats are a Power 5 team. This is not Indiana walking in to um, an SMU or a Memphis. They're walking into Cincinnati, which is a very difficult place to play. 28 straight wins at home. 28. Looking to make it 29 tomorrow. Second longest home winning streak behind Clemson. And by the way, if you take away that 14... And by the way... After the Bearcats fell behind 14 to nothing. Ready for this? The Bearcats outscored the Hoosiers 38 to 10 the rest of the way. 38 to 10. That's getting it done. All right, coming up, we'll get into my keys to the game, players to watch, and where this matchup will be decided. We will get into it after a word from Underdog Fantasy. That's what this episode is brought to you by. The easiest place to spice up college football season. In my pick'em, well, I see. I'm going to be full disclosure. Um, it's an easy to play and available in over 30 states. Just pick between two and five players across any team, not just your team, and decide, or not just the Bearcats, rather, and decide if they will finish higher or lower. One of the easiest fantasy to play games out there, and you can win cold hard cash in a single game. Sign up with the promo code Locked On. It's one word, Locked On, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. 
Deposit $100, get $100 free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or Google Play. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code locked on. Get in on the college football pick'em action today. All right, so the Bearcats in Indiana, this matchup um, is interesting. Indiana's a different team than they were last year. Last year, I think we thought they were going to be pretty good. They ended up turning into a pumpkin at 2-10. and 10. This year, they're 3-0. and oh. They've won their first three games at home. They had to come from behind against Illinois. They had to come from behind against uh, Western Kentucky. But one thing we do know is this is a really, really good team. This is a, a team that... I think it's going to be much more competitive this year. And they were certainly competitive against Cincinnati last year. They were healthier at this time last year. One thing that is different is the quarterback. Last year was Michael Penix Jr. He's now at Washington and having a really nice start to the season, by the way. This year, it's Connor Basilak, transfer from Missouri, a Dayton, Ohio native, Alter, um, Alter High School graduate. So far this season, Connor Basilak, um, through three games, has completed 56.6% of his passes, 891 yards, five touchdowns, and two interceptions, averaging 297 passing yards per game. This is an Indiana team that can throw the ball. They've got two receivers over 200 yards and with a touchdown. That's Cam Camper and DJ Matthews Jr. This Indiana team, they will also look to run the ball. Sean Shivers transfer from Auburn. In fact, I was talking to our channel manager yesterday at the college uh, locked on uh, the college channel locked on podcast network, Zach Blackerby. And because he was a transfer from Auburn, Zach hosts locked on Auburn. And I asked Zach, what can you tell me about Sean Shivers? And he said that, you know, he runs very um, underrated power. In fact, I'll give you uh, exactly what he so what he told me yesterday. Um, Sean Shivers. Um, elite speed, surprising amount of power. In fact, he told me to Google this play. Last year in the Iron Bowl, uh, Shivers uh, basically, you know, just hitting Alabama, or or this might have been 2019. It might have been 2019. In fact, I think it was. Um, Ramming into Alabama defensive back Xavier McKinney so hard, he knocked his helmet off and he ended up carrying the ball into the end zone for the touchdown. So physical runner. That Sean Shivers is, he also will bring in lead speed. He's got 241 rushing yards. So far this season, averaging 4.8 yards per carry, long run of 46, averaging 80.3 yards per game. All right. Of course, also on defense, players to watch there, you've got uh, Aaron Casey, linebacker Aaron Casey, six tackles for loss. You've got outside linebacker Desam McCullough. He's got three and a half tackles for loss, three sacks, quarterback hit. This is an Indiana team that can get after it defensively. Their defensive line is very experienced. 112 games played between all their defensive linemen. So here we go. Keys to the game. Number one, start fast. This, again, it's going to sound so cliche, but I'm listening to the Roundtable Show last night, hosted by Lance McAllister, Rocky Boyman on ESPN 1530, and they had on Justin Williams from The Athletic. And Justin said, you know, the Bearcats fell behind by 10 points last week, but you weren't really concerned. But it also happened at Arkansas. So my question is, and Justin brought this up, and I'm going to echo his sentiment here, and this has always been my question, really. What's going to happen when Cincinnati falls behind UCF 14-3 to in the, in the first quarter? 
Are they going to be able to overcome that on the road? I think their passing attack can, but at the same time, like you fall behind. It's very difficult to play, whether you're at home or on the road. We've seen that with the Bengals the first two weeks of the season. You know, um, so when I look at it, if the Bearcats can come out and feed off that Nippert Stadium crowd, get out to an early lead, whether it's on offense or defense, you know, understand that if you jump out, if you're the team that jumps out to a 14-3 lead, boom, you're off and running. If Indiana jumps out to a big lead, okay, you can play from behind. We've seen them do that, but playing from behind is tough because what this team is so good at this year, because their passing game is much better. Justin actually wrote a piece in The Athletic today about this. Um, you know, truths and myths through the first three games of the season. The passing attack, you know what? It might be the strength of this offense. They, the Bearcats might be a pass-first team. That's different than what they've been in years past. So if you can spread out Indiana, which their secondary's good, it doesn't, you know, make a lot of plays, though. You can spread them out and take their linebackers out of the game. You're going to be in for a very successful day offensively. But it all starts with coming out and feeding off the crowd. You cannot fall behind like you did last year. Last year, it almost cost you a college football playoff berth. This year, it might cost you a New Year's Six Bowl, which is still very, very much in play. Number two, win the battle at the line of scrimmage. As I mentioned, Indiana's experienced on their defensive line. They roughed up Cincinnati last year. But the Bearcats' offensive line, they've done really well over the first three games. I like what I'm seeing from Gavin Gerhardt. I like what I'm seeing from Joe Huber. I like what I'm seeing from that offensive line as a whole. They're giving Ben Bryan time to throw, to sling it, throw it around. If they can do that again tomorrow, like... I remember last year in the second half, the offensive line for the Bearcats was doing much better. They gave a push. Jerome Ford got free. He had two touchdowns. Desmond Ritter had a rushing touchdown. He also had a passing touchdown. This is a much better offensive line than the first half in Indiana last year, and they're playing at home. This is, you know, this game, like I said, could be a bread and butter game for Cincinnati. If they're able to establish the run, which Indiana gives up 186 yards rushing per game, if they are able to, um, you know, get the passing game going. You know, work Trey Tucker and Tyler Scott into the into the game plan, which I think they will. I think they're going to put an emphasis on that. This Bearcats offense last year beat Indiana in a game that was very physical. They weren't a spread out offense last year. They were work the middle of the field, run the football. This year it's different because Ben Bryant's different. Last year the Bearcats were able to attack the perimeter because of Desmond Ritter and his running abilities. They're not able to do that this year. That's why they went out and got receivers like Nick Martiner. That's why they have receivers like Jaden Thompson and Will Pauling once he gets back. And Trey Tucker and Tyler Scott and Josh Wiley, Leonard Taylor, uh, and even Kamon Mateo on the second team. You know, all these guys who can step up and, you know, go over the middle, line up in the slot, line up on the outside, make contested catches. This is an offense that uses much more of the field this year than they did last year. And that's why if you are able to win the battle at the battle at the line of scrimmage, that's more bad news for Indiana. Speaking of running the football, you got to be able to do it. The Bearcats have the running backs to do it. I love what I'm seeing from Charles McClellan this season. I really do. I think there is immense potential for him. I said he could be the lead running back this season. He looks like it. Uh, Corey Kiner, a little dinged up right now, as Russ told us, Russ Heltman told us on uh, Thursday, yesterday. 
But you still got uh, Miles Montgomery. Ryan Montgomery hopefully comes back soon from the injury if he's playing this week, which I haven't heard if he's not playing this week, um, dealing with some Bruce ribs, with, with some ribs injuries, a ribs injury, excuse me. But there is still a lot of, but there's still the ability to run the football. Your running back is your running back room is a little bit, you know, hurting right now in terms of depth because it, of the of injuries. But still, Charles McClellan gets going like he did against Miami. This Indiana team is going to have to defend a very dynamic Bearcats offense. Indiana had a chance last year because the Bearcats were somewhat still one dimensional. They're not that this year, I guarantee you. And finally, feed off the home crowd. Listen. As I've said, there's a reason why Cincinnati's won 28 straight games at home. That crowd is very, very intimidating for visiting teams. Ship Kelly echoed this after the 2019 season opener. Um, it is a very difficult place to play. And that was a, a, a great environment for college football. And he said that the environment you know, kind of got to them a little bit. That game could have been 41-14, and it should have been. You know, UCF walks into that nip and night environment in 2019, completely thrown off their game. You know, that game was, I think, 16 to 10 at the half in favor of UCF. The Bearcats, you know, felt like they were just kind of hanging around. Once Sauce Gardner had that pick six, which you could argue is one of the biggest turning points of the, of Luke Fickle's time here at Cincinnati, UCF didn't stand a chance against that home crowd especially last year. And you've seen other teams come in like SMU and Houston and um, Ohio in 2018, Navy, all these teams that have come in and they have not been able to, you know, withstand the environment that they're coming into with Cincinnati. Indiana's next. They don't know what they're walking into. They can have a plan, but that can get thrown off by the home crowd. You know, this venue intimidates opponents. The fans are right on top of you. Um, the defense, when they turn up and they have the crowd behind them and they're flying all over the field, big run plays from the Bearcats, running backs, big passing plays down the field. This is a very, very difficult offense to defend. Team to play against, especially with that home crowd behind them. Bearcats going for their 29th straight home win. Final home game against a non-conference opponent as a group of five school. And it already feels like the Bearcats are power five. They really started to show that last year against Indiana. Because remember, they lost to Ohio State 42-0. Yeah, they won at UCLA, but come on, that's UCLA football. No one even goes to those games. They, you know, got blown out in Michigan. They have won, you know, at a power five school. And then they won in Notre Dame. Those two wins legitimized them. It legitimized them. It really did. So there is still a lot at stake tomorrow. You're playing for a three and one record, which we said probably was going to be best case scenario for the Bearcats. Go three and one in non-conference play. We said that, you know, you gotta win against the teams you should beat. Indiana's one of them. I kind of feel like maybe we're getting a little overconfident with them. Russ is very confident they're going to beat Indiana, the Bearcats, tomorrow. I am too. I'll give my score prediction here at the end of the show. But I'm but I am saying this. It is Indiana. It is a power five opponent. You do never know. Indiana is three and zero for a reason. Yeah, they've had to come back and win some games that against teams they shouldn't have to come back against. But 
this is still a really good team. And Cincinnati, it's not like they can just, you know, roll the balls out and expect to win because they beat them last year. Indiana knows that. I mean, that was their biggest home game in gosh knows how long. And now, you know, we expect the Bearcats to win again. And I think they can if they they do those three things. Start fast, win the battle at the line of scrimmage, run the ball, feed off the home crowd. Sounds like a recipe to a victory for me. Coming up, uh, players to watch where this matchup will be decided. There's a lot of them. And my score prediction for this game on Sunday between the Bearcats, or Saturday, excuse me, the Bearcats tomorrow, the Bearcats and the Hoosiers will get into it after a word from two of our sponsors. Locked On Bearcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcast and on YouTube. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button to follow us to get an alert every time we drop a new episode. Hey, we're up to 520 subscribers and counting. We, we kind of hit a little bit of a rough patch there. We're getting many subscribers for about a week and a half, but we're back on it. We've gotten some subscribers this week, so hit that subscribe button. We're at 520 and counting. We'd love to have you and follow us too to get an alert every time we drop a new episode. Alex Frank, your host each and every day. Excuse me. Um, so there's a lot of players to watch in this game, and I've kind of already alluded to them for Indiana. Uh, wide receivers, Cam Camper and DJ Matthews Jr., almost 500 yards and three touchdowns between them. Camper had 156 receiving yards in his debut with the Hoosiers this season back in week one. He had the game-tying touchdown last week with a touchdown and set up the game-tying two-point conversion. Running back Sean Shivers transferred from Auburn. He's played in 45 games. He had a big game against Idaho two weeks ago, 155 rushing yards and two touchdowns. Linebacker Aaron Casey has six tackles for loss, first season as the starter. And then outside linebacker Desan McCullough, uh, leading freshman in tackles for loss or no gain, according to Pro Football Focus. Uh, He was the number four outside linebacker nationally, number one prospect in Indiana. So far this season, he has three sacks and a tackle for loss. He was the number one prospect in Indiana. Uh, Six tackles in his first game against Illinois, five for loss or no gain in the second game. So he is a really, really good tackler. Um, Matchups to watch. Speaking of McCullough, how he pays, how he plays the run in the tight ends, you know, how he covers Josh Wiley and Leonard Taylor, how he defends the run. Can the Bearcats take him out of the game, move him off the ball? Can they take him out of the game? Watch the battle in the trenches. Last year was won by Indiana. The Hoosiers have, once again, a very strong defensive line. The Bearcats have a strong offensive line that's played a lot of football together. So it's a, it's experience versus experience. Then I think about the other way around. Can the Bearcats' defensive front, once again, you know, show up and make an impact on the game? Indiana's offensive line's good. It's Big Ten, so it is very good. But can the Bearcats' defensive line get some pressure on Connor Basilak? who, if you look at the numbers through the first three games, uh, Basilak does have, or rather, (laughs) he has 14 rush attempts, 34 gain, 44 loss. That tells you he's not a running quarterback. You can get some pressure on him. It's going to be a long day for Indiana's offense. Um, Can... Um, the Bearcats offensive line give Brian time to throw. They've done really well. They did well against Arkansas. How will the Bearcats receiver stress Indiana's secondary? One guy to watch, I would say, is Trey Tucker. 
Um, I would tell you because last year he made a big play with that kickoff return for a touchdown late in the third quarter that completely flipped the momentum into Cincinnati's favor. If Trey Tucker is able to make an impact on this game, they can go a really long way towards deciding this game. You know, he didn't really make an impact last year in the passing game, but he did on special teams. Now that he's a big part of this team in the passing game, if he can make an impact with his speed, that's going to go a long way towards the Bearcats winning this game. All right, where this match will be decided, let's be honest, in the trenches. This is the Big Ten we're talking about. Last year, the Bearcats, you know, once they were once they got through the first 28 minutes, they were the more physical team. They forced four turnovers. They were able to run the ball. They were able to stop Indiana in the fourth quarter and hold them scoreless. That's where this game will be decided. Experience versus experience. Bearcats offensive line versus Indiana defensive line. And if the Bearcats can once again with their defensive line without Malik Van generate pressure to get after Connor Basilak, they are going to be in great position to win this game. All right. Score prediction. Here we go. You know, Russ went 45-20 Cincinnati. I know the Bearcats are going to win this game. I'm confident saying they will. But Indiana's 3-0 for a reason. Despite struggling to get there, they're tough. But this Bearcats team is talented. They're playing at home. They know they can beat this team. And if Cincinnati's playing with confidence, which they've been playing with a lot of for the previous years, they know they're, they know they're going to win every time they step out onto the football field. That's why I'm taking Cincinnati 35-24, <clears throat> excuse me, to beat the Indiana Hoosiers, get to 3-1, and one, finish non-conference play, and roll into conference play next week at Tulsa with a lot of momentum. Passing game's working. Running game is still solid. Uh, both lines, offensive and defense, are playing well. Um, the kicking game has been better the last two weeks. And, you know, they're just, once again, a fundamentally sound football team. This is a fun There's no pressure on them to win these games as far as getting to the playoff. Because that's out of the question. And it really was realistically before the season started. But what's not out of the question is a New Year's Six Bowl. And I, again, I really don't see, and, you, and Russ has told it to me this week, James has told it to me this week, if the Bearcats are able to, you know, play their style, play their game, I there's no reason why they shouldn't be able to count. No reason why. All right, that's going to do it for me today here on Lockdown Bearcats. Thanks for making it your first listen of every day. We will be back tomorrow, 3.30 kick. That means recap posted at 10. And then we'll be back on Tuesday with the turning points of the game. Actually, we're going to change it up this week. We are going to look back on the transfers this season that have come to Cincinnati, like Nick Marner, like Ben Bryan, like Ivan Pace. And we're going to look at how they have performed through the first four games. So that's going to be interesting. Um, we'll call it Transfer Tuesday. We'll look at the transfers now they've performed over the first four games, excuse me, of the season. Wednesday, we'll do our film review and takeaways. Thursday, Russ Heltman will join me to look back on the Indiana game and look ahead to conference play as it begins against Tulsa. By the way, Russ has pointed this out to me. The American is 1-10 in 10 against Power 5 opponents this year. One in 10, not good. And it might be a down year for the conference. And that was talked about last night on the roundtable show. 
Um, Friday, we'll look ahead to conference play. We'll look at Tulsa. Tulsa, I'm going to say right now, I, I've watched them play this year. That's a very experienced team that can run up the scoreboard. They have scored at least 37 points in each of their first three games. They got Mississippi State tomorrow night. That's a really that's a really interesting game. Bearcats at Tulsa. Tulsa's not going to be a pushover. They're two and one right now. Very easily could be three and three and out had they not lost a heartbreaker to Wyoming week one. Um, Bengals and Jets. You can go back and watch my conversation with James Rapine on uh, Wednesday. That's on our YouTube channel. The our Bearcats Bengals crossover. Yours truly and James Rapine of Lockdown Bengals. Um, my three keys to the game for that, obviously, number one, protect the franchise. Um, number two, start fast. I mean, you can't fall behind to the Jets. I mean, if you win the toss, receive. If you you know don't win the toss, then def- the Jets will probably defer. Go down, score a touchdown. Send a message. Um, number three, I would say run the ball. Because when you do run the ball, you open yourself up <clears throat> Excuse me, to the ability – to hit those plays downfield. I'd say number four, with that, be aggressive. You know, don't be afraid to let Joe cook. I think what he said this week was really spectacular. When he talked about how, um, you know, everybody taking a deep breath and relaxing, I think that, I don't think we understand how significant that is. So I will take the Bengals to win this game. I think this is a get-right game I'll say 31-17. They get to 1-2. and two. They host Miami next Thursday night. That's going to be a lot of fun. I will be at that game. Looking forward to getting back up to Cincinnati to see my family, to see some friends. Um, very much looking forward to that. All right, that is going to do it for me here today on Lockdown Bearcats. Thanks for making us your first listen of every day. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, how about for your second listen? <clears throat> Excuse me. Get more on the Big 12 by making Locked On Big 12 your second listen with everyday host Josh Neighbors and the local experts of the Locked On Podcast Network because they take you across the conference in 30 minutes. That's Locked On Big 12 for your second listen. That's Locked On Big 12. We're Locked On Bearcats. My name is Alex Frank. Follow me on Twitter at Frankie underscore Natty with two N's. N-N-A-T-I. You can follow me on Instagram, Alex Frank underscore, or email me at alexfrank at gmail.com. All lowercase. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Every day, I'll talk to you tomorrow at 10 o'clock, recapping the Bearcats and the Hoosiers as we hope to be celebrating a 3-1 and start to the season. Third straight win, 29th straight home win for Cincinnati. For Lockdown Bearcats, my name is Alex Frank. Have a great rest of your Friday. Please stay safe, stay healthy, be safe if you're going to the game tomorrow, if you're going to Short Vine to watch the game. Wherever you are, stay safe, stay healthy, so you can keep making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day. I'm Alex Frank for Lockdown Bearcats. Have a great rest of your day.